live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty information complex this is. The Armstrong and Getty Show this Friday, December the 10th, the year of our Lord, 2021. This morning, laboring under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager. So many possibilities. Inflation? Yikes! Oh, boy. Uh, let's go with Jussie Smollett, convicted on all counts. Lion, liar, race bait and race baiter. So, uh... Yeah, why don't we just go ahead and bring up the co-host, Jack, who is joining us via telephone. Uh, good morning, sir. Yes, the magic of telephone <laughs> from from my hospital room where I spent the night. Uh, yes, I want to hear the why? big finish on this music, though. I want to hear yeah. the big finish. Cool. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. Come on, I'm really punched out here. The healing power of Doc Severinsen and the... The orchestra. So, uh, why are you in the hospital again? Well, I had a gallbladder attack Sunday night. Within 36 hours, I'd had my gallbladder removed. I got a fever yesterday. My paperwork said if you get a fever, you're supposed to call a certain number. I called the number, and they said go to the ER. Uh, I kind of thought that I would come to the ER. They'd look me over, give me some Tylenol, and send me home. But lots of different doctors with wide eyes have been looking at me for uh the last 24 hours or so. Apparently something is hinky, some sort of infection inside me or something. So the same doctor that performed the surgery is going to go back in, I guess, at some point this morning. Um, Yeah, oh, goody. I hadn't hadn't spent the night in the hospital, geez, since I was like 10 years old. Um, This is a very, I have my own room, got TV, it's spacious, it's very nice, actually. Yeah, well, the last time I spent a night in a hospital, which I think was hip number one, I was very impressed. I got lucky because uh, I had a, a private room, too. But their their whole thing was making sure you had enough quiet to sleep. And the hospital administrator dropped by and said, we're, we're really concerned about this. We want to make sure. Were you able to? Was there much noise? And Because the previous time I'd been in the hospital, it was like the Grand Central Station. And then right. doctors would say, now make sure you get some rest. And then clang, bang, phew, hey, uh, we got to take your whatever. Oh, my God, it was cacophony. I have been jabbed with needles so many times since I got here. All kinds of various places. Both arms, got a shot in the belly. That was absolutely fantastic. Oh, Lord. Oh, you should yeah. warn us. I knew. I know you had to actually endure it. I just don't want people to drive off the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, been been lots of fun things like that, so I don't know. Um, as far as the general manager, I love the Jesse Smollett because that's such a fascinating case. But how about inflation? Highest jump in 40 years. Oh, yeah. 40. Four zero. Yeah, I was I was looking at a trio. I think it's a trio of uh, economic stories, including that, which is just astounding. Plus 4.2 million Americans quit their jobs in October. It's just crazy record territory. Weekly jobless claims fell to a third, a 52-year low last week. There is craziness going on in the economy, and nobody's quite sure what to make of it. Well, when you shut off the economy the way we did, which was completely unprecedented, and I think becoming obviously 
uh, with hindsight unnecessary. And then the government starts pumping out trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in a way that has never happened before in the history of capitalism. Well, you're going to probably end up with some pretty interesting situations like we've got going on right now. Yeah, yeah, around it goes where it stops. Nobody knows. That's my uh, concern is, uh, you know, the ultimate, uh, you know, what's uh, what fruit are going to fall from this tree of craziness? Who knows? Right. Yikes, buy how, gold how bars long, or, I don't know, stockpile how weapons. How long can we hang around 7% increases in inflation? I mean, woof. Well, the, the Fed will step in. They will jack up interest rates, which will cause a great deal of pain. You know, throughout the economy, but especially, especially you know, working class folks who have credit card balances or, or whatnot, or are trying to save up for their first mortgage, and I just, I, yay, this is not good. Oh yeah, the, they they jack up interest rates to cool this off, which they probably are going to, and then people don't buy houses or cars. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I hope something is learned from this. I doubt it will be. Um. It's uh, it's well, it's crazy. Part of me is glad I, I live to see it, but the 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 fixation, the craziness, the paranoia over COVID, um, is is a story that must be told somehow accurately and even handedly so people understand what happened. You know, we I kind of underplayed this, but uh, I became aware of the there was a pandemic protocol plan that was uh, put together by the CDC and the NIH, I think, or, or whatever. And it had specific like percentages of transmission, percentages of, of casualties, of deaths uh, among the people who got it. And according to those numbers, especially the death thing, if it was, you know, X percentage of people, then we would do this and that and that to help control it. And if the percentage of people got as high as, you know, X percent, well, then we would get stricter and shut down, you know, the schools and whatever for a, for a period of time. The interesting thing was, based on that uh, protocol that had been put together, I assume soberly and fairly carefully, we way, way, way overreacted to COVID. The numbers were a fraction, a tiny fraction of the numbers that allegedly would have justified that sort of reaction. Now, you know, it's certainly a, a legitimate idea to say, well, those uh, previous plans were, were wrong. We did it right. They were too casual about deaths. But now there's no way you can make the argument we did it right. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So uh, do you have any idea when uh, they're going to come and deal with you again? No, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be pleasant because, uh, yeah, and I think they're going to install a drain on my side. So I don't oh know how long I'll get to keep that. That, that sounds fun. Oh, boy. Uh, are they going to knock you out? Well, kind of. That's that's what I always ask. So what's the anesthesia like on this? Because if I'm like I've always said, if I'm out, I don't care what you do. You know, remove my head, kick it around like a soccer ball, put it back on. I don't care. Sure. For instance. But, yeah. But I don't want to be more or less awake for these things. And, yeah, this is not going to be the full anesthesia that I had before. So I'm not looking forward to this at all. Yeah, well, they'll probably just make you crazy high. Um, oh, I hope so. Yeah, local I anesthetic so. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're you know they're Ooh, good at boy. dealing with this. And they, they, they couldn't deal with you if you were in a lot of pain. So I'm, I'm pretty certain you won't be. I mean, you'd yeah. be thrashing about and taking swings at them. Now, if they come well, in and strap you to the bed, then... Mm. Be like the EMT that yelled at me the other night, because I wouldn't hold still for the <laughs> IV. 
geez, I just laughed and that hurt like hell. Oh, oh my god. Oh boy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to yeah, be sorry. my usual uh, very low level of amusing for you. So anyway, and I haven't had I haven't eaten or had a sip of water in going on 24 hours, and I'm just so freaking thirsty. Oh, Lord. I'd give anything for some water. This is not good. But such is the way hospitals are. Anyway, yeah. maybe I'll check in later. I have no idea what my schedule is going to be like today. Yeah, well, good luck. Everybody's rooting for you, obviously. Awesome. I'll, li- I'll listen to Clips of the Week. Yeah, oh, it's always entertaining, isn't it? All right, stay tuned. We have Cal, of course, well, your freedom-loving quote of the day, a really good mailbag for Friday, all that and more. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. The bad news is Jack is back in the hospital and they're going to have to deal with an infection of some sort. The good news is we have tons of, of great stuff to talk about and audio to play for you and, and just wackiness. I just, the world is, well, you know what? You got to laugh to keep from crying, right? So what the heck? Let's, that'll be our plan for today. Uh, let's see your freedom, love, and quote of the day mailbag coming up. Uh, but first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. This isn't news that you're going to want to hear. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Because it will be a really bloody massacre. Have a day, boys! Have a day! The P2P method produces meth that is very strong. I sat in the park for three hours, afraid to move off a park bench. Because I thought, as soon as I got up and started walking, that they were going to get me. Beijing hosted the Olympics in 2008, but even then it was apparent to many of us that the IOC was aiding and abetting a problematic regime. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. President Xi is with the people, and unlike his predecessors, he doesn't really care so much about what happens to elites. If you're on this call, your employment here is terminated, effective immediately. You are a bunch of dumb dolphins, and dumb dolphins get caught in nets and eaten by sharks. Sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular, but that clearly supersede individual choices. In Chicago, a city also recently beset by smash-and-grab robberies, Mayor Laurie Lightfoot implied this week, the onus is on the stores. I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. No, he's going to double down on stupid. Uh, when you wrestle with a pig, you both get muddy and the pig likes it. <laughs> okay. Oh, he stinks so bad. Is he spraying right now? I don't know, but he stinks. Yeah, he's spraying. Oh, oh. <coughs> you have got to hold still, he yells at me. Okay, I'm trying to hold my arm still or whatever. I don't know you yell at me. I'm in a lot of pain over here. Smollett testified today that he left his house around 2 a.m. on the night of the attack to go to Walgreens and Subway because Bola Osendaro told Smollett he needed to eat some eggs. This. Can you do the 12 days of Christmas? Nine ladies twerking. <laughs> eight maids a milking. That's on the next page. Make 
my dreams come true. Baby, I am the emergency. Let's have a happy holiday, everybody. That was a plucky little gal singing a Christmas song parody at the San Diego Board of Supervisors, San Diego County Board of Supervisors. We'll play that little ditty for you in a little bit. It's fairly entertaining. Her point being, time to end the quote-unquote emergency. Tell you what, wherever you are, if there are any emergency powers still being utilized by your local, your county, your state government, it is time to end that garbage. I'm telling you, man. Oh, I knew we were right when we warned you, beware of emergency powers. They will hold on to them forever. I just didn't realize we were as right as we were. Holy cow, just crazy. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Speaking of freedom, if there's anybody out there who still loves it, hmm, I'm looking at you. Will Rogers, America is a land of opportunity, and don't ever forget it. That's such a good point. It's it, You're thinking, wow, that's kind of obvious, Joe, isn't it? Why is, why is that such a good point? He knew, he saw, even in his day, that there were those who were trying to sell the idea that this country isn't the land of opportunity. For various political reasons, they were trying to convince chunks of the populace that uh, the system's rigged, you can't get ahead, you will never get ahead, you have no hope, abandon all hope and vote for this instead. Um, and if you think about it, it could is there anything more terrible you could say to a child, you know, White child, black child, Hispanic child, doesn't matter. Is there anything worse you could say to that child than you will never succeed, you can't succeed, don't even try to succeed? I mean, you steal your life, you steal their life from them when you convince them of that. It's terrible. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you got a bad referee in a game and your players are all griping about it and the rest of it. Uh, You know, at the end of the game, Somebody's going to be the winner, even if the referees are terrible. You know, there are, there are a dozen different metaphors you could use. While we're fixing what you say is wrong, and maybe you're right about at least some of it, while we're fixing that, how about we convince every beautiful little child in America that they can live their dreams and achieve their goals if they work hard enough and they're smart enough and they and they work with people and the rest? How about that instead, huh? Huh? All right, mailbag. Austin writes, really want to thank you for the podcast with Sam Quinones. Listening to him speak without time constraints and letting him bring it home with a positive message was awesome. Great interview. Thanks for saying so, Austin. That's available at armstrongandgetty.com on Armstrong and Getty Extra Large Podcast uh, or wherever you like to get podcasts. Uh, we also did a brand new one yesterday. Busy week. With, with George Will, and we'll play you a couple of chunks of that throughout the day today. Speaking of sedation, we're just talking to Jack. He's in the hospital again. They're about to sedate him one way or another and, and deal with an infection. But um, Alicia writes, uh, let's see, 12-year, four-hour-a-day listener. Gosh, thanks. Started listening when I was two on my grandpa's knee. Now I'm 52. <laughs> Hilarious. Today I went for a medical procedure to listen to your show. What? Well, what are you counting down, Michael? You freaked me out. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. I can see the clock. The segment is I don't know why not... I was counting down the music. I, I oh, don't worry about it. It's habit. That's all right. Don't worry about it. 
Uh, today I went for a medical procedure and listened to the show uh, right up to the door of the medical office. You were talking about Biden and his Joey baby story. They used a light sedation for the procedure, so during prep I was visiting with the nurse and making wisecracks. Finally, I warned, well, you won't get any more of my witty comments because the meds are kicking in. That's the last thing I remember saying. As I was walking out, the nurse ran up to me and said, you're wrong. I said, what? She then explained I'd spent the whole procedure talking about Biden and corn pop. (laughs) And corn pop was a bad dude. I'll let you folks analyze. I'm sure one of you almost went to psychiatric school. (laughs) That's hilarious. She's all high on uh, sedation, riffing on corn pop. Hilarious. Uh, Julie writes, hey, guys, looks like the flu might be back with a vengeance this year. Our 20-year-old daughter and at least a dozen of her friends at the University of Utah, sick as dogs, not with COVID, but with the flu. And, yeah, they all got tested. It's a nasty one as well. These are healthy, athletic young adults. They've been sick for days, terrible chills, sweats, high fever, yikes. Yikes is right. That's all we need. My gosh. Um uh, Matt, uh, uh, we don't really have time for that. A number of people wrote really nice notes about uh, my dog Baxter and, and his struggles and his surgery and stuff like that. Uh, I, I wrote a Twitter thread about him under a new Twitter handle. We're going to have a link for you at armstrongyogetty.com. If you're a dog lover and you want, it's no big deal. It's low-key. Uh, as I said in the tweet, he's a cool dude, and I thought his story ought to be told. Anyway, we've got a lot of good newsy stuff to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You think about what just happened to Jesse Smollett in Chicago. Unfortunately, we have racism germinating from the White House. Jesse is love. That's who he is. And that's all he knows. So in this situation, hate won't win. Mm -hmm. It will not. We have a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jesse Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. isn't a debate. I agree. I agree. U.S. Congressman from Illinois Bobby Rush is calling for an immediate and sweeping civil rights investigation into the racist and homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett. It was certainly a racist attack, and it certainly was a hate crime. And the little gal who said we need to uh, fight the hate or whatever she said, she's 100% right. We certainly need to fight against people who whip up race hatred to advance their careers. If you haven't heard this, old uh, Jussie found guilty on uh, all all counts, uh, five of six counts of disorderly conduct. Certainly wasn't orderly conduct. He's not yet been sentenced. So uh, let's see. Uh, found not guilty about lying about aggravated battery. That charge was because his attackers were wearing masks. Interesting. I'm not even sure exactly what that means, but he uh, he faces six counts of disorderly conduct under a subsection of the law that prohibits force, false reports to police, according to NBC Chicago. The charges were listed as Class 4 felonies, which are among the least serious felonies in Illinois. Uh, to the ridiculousness of the case he presented to the jury, uh, let's see, how about uh, 46, Michael? This I was not surprised at all. CNN's legal analyst. You have a you have an actor here who uh, took the stand and testified, and uh, the jury expected him to tell a compelling, believable story. In fact, the story he told was totally unbelievable. 
that he was attacked by two people that he knew, uh, his exercise instructor and nutritionist, and, a, and another one of them actually is somebody he's been sexually intimate with, but that he could not identify uh, at the time of the initial attack. And the story was just totally implausible from the beginning, and the jury saw right through it. I love the part about he gets this call at 2 o'clock in the morning that he needs to eat eggs from his, you know, his nutrition guy. And so it's a bitterly cold night. It's the middle of the night in Chicago. And he says, yeah, okay, I'll head out to the all-night egg store. (laughs) And maybe while I'm out, I'll grab me a Subway sandwich. And then these nefarious criminals, his friends, having tricked him, into the outdoors, but not wanting to be held responsible for beating him lightly. I mean, he he barely even looked like he'd slept funny. You know how you wake up with bag scars, bed scars, sheet, whatever you call them? Uh, He didn't even look like that. I look worse than he looked most morning. Of course, he's a very handsome man. But um, so, so we're expected to believe that this nefarious plan came together and these two guys, having lured him out with the grand and ingenious egg scheme, uh, beat him down mildly in the streets of Chicago. But so Jesse wouldn't understand or, or be able to identify him. Uh, they, they were masked, wore MAGA hats, inexplicably got themselves a noose and some bleach. I mean, because, you know, all right, just for the, for the sake of the argument. Uh, so Michelangelo and I, and, and we've been getting along beautifully for years and years and years, other than, you know, you know, uh, when the beating wand has to come out. But, Michael, you know that's for your own good, right? Yeah, and it heals pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so uh, so uh, uh, I decide I'm just crazy mad at Michael, and he just deserves an ass kicking. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I somehow... I'm and, and the other part of the scheme, it's funny, that's so crackpot that hadn't occurred to me was that Jesse got the call from the Osandaro brothers, his Nigerian friends. So, I mean, the cops are going to say, whoa, 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 you're out on the street because, well, in this scenario, okay, I decided to give Michael a beating. Um, and, and I call Michael. And I say, hey, dude, uh, I need you to be, you know, really energetic for the show tomorrow. So I suggest you get a couple of hard-boiled eggs and eat them. And Michael, inexplicably, doesn't say, never call me at this hour again. He says, okay, Joe, I'll go get some eggs. And, And then when you take a beating and the cops say, what were you doing out at that hour anyway? You say, Joe Getty called me and told me to. How long do you think the cops are going to have to think about it before they think, wow, maybe the guy who called him and told him to go out into the streets was the guy who beat him? So and then so to to further play out this ridiculous scenario, so I decide I'm going to beat Michael, but I go and I get a I don't know, a, a, like a witch's hat and a broom and and just I don't I and I mask up and then I go like barely hit him at all and then run away into the night. I mean, these poor jurors. I I told you before the verdict came in that I thought there was at least a decent chance they would find one juror or maybe two who somehow rationalized in their mind that there's so much racism around and, 
you know, Trump supporters are racists. I've heard it 50,000 times from all the, you know, the mainstream media I take in. So, you know, there's enough truth to it. I'm not sure about this Jussie thing. It's a little weird. Maybe he just really likes eggs. I'm going to go ahead and acquit him in the name of racial justice and Black Lives Matter or something. I thought they might find one juror who would go that far. But evidently, the story was just so ridiculous they couldn't even recruit one poor, soft-headed juror to believe that fish story. Holy cow. Now, as to uh, whether he's going to do you know, a hard time, 25 years of Joliet or something like that, clip 47, this is back to Paul Callen, legal analyst. You're looking at a jail sentence that probably will be less than one year in jail, but it could be combined with um, a brief jail sentence and community service and maybe a substantial fine. But I think I, I suspect that any jail sentence will probably be less than a year uh, because these are relatively minor charges. Yeah. Which brings us to our next topic, which we will address uh, next segment and, and perhaps, uh, you know, on in the show uh, further. America's radical district attorneys. It has become clear that to his credit or discredit, George Soros and and his brethren have done an amazing job uh, spending a tremendous amount of money. Um, but they've done an amazing job in getting these radical leftist, often actual Marxist district attorneys elected in Los Angeles. In, uh, well, as long as I mention it, go ahead, uh, bring me that. Where's that uh, George Gascon quote that I love slash hate so much? Yeah, 31, thanks. I am proud of our entire team in the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. We cannot prosecute our way out of social inequalities, income inequalities, the unhoused, the desperation that we have. Um, You're the prosecutor, so prosecute is what you're supposed supposed to do i mean it's there on your business card and uh what was all that stuff about equity and and and, and what what are you talking you 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 charge criminals and you have them punished for a living what is all that other stuff you're talking about so anyway you got uh george gascone in in la you have uh chesa bodine who's just a basket case in the san francisco bay you've got radical process uh, prosecutors in in chicago it turns out philadelphia uh the boston area they're all over the place and these people don't believe in prosecuting crime we'll have some examples for you some quotes from them themselves and how it's probably already affecting a lot of your quality of life uh when we come back stay with us armstrong and getty I am proud of our entire team in the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. We cannot prosecute our way out of social inequalities, income inequalities, the unhoused, the desperation that we have. Income inequalities, social inequalities, and the unhoused. That is the Los Angeles County District Attorney listing what he perceives are the things he's supposed to achieve as the district attorney. That is just bizarre. 
Uh, he's one of many around the country that have quietly been elected here, there, and everywhere and utterly turned our criminal justice system upside down. You want to look at the surging crime rates and the smash and grabs and the murder rates and the rest of it? You're getting a clue why right there. He didn't even talk about crime. <laughs> uh, let's uh, stay in L.A. for the moment. This is the sheriff, Alex Villanueva, and George Gascon with a little back-and-forth catfight, 30. I cannot see him um, you know, doing a 180 and saying, well, that was a bad idea. No, he's going to double down on stupid. My dad used to say that uh, when you wrestle with a pig, you both get muddy and the pig likes it. Okay? And that's not pig in terms of using the term as to law enforcement. Yeah, that is the cut-rate bond villain George Gascon using unfortunate metaphor. That's actually one of my favorite sayings. Uh, Abe Lincoln was fond of that one, I'm told, but... Um, so I'm not going to feign outrage over that. Just a poor choice of words. Meanwhile, in Chicago, you got uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, 32. I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. She's talking about the businesses of Chicago. It's their fault that they're getting robbed constantly. You know, I grew up in Chicagoland. I spent a tremendous amount of time downtown in the city. I've walked up and down Michigan Avenue, looked in those stores that I couldn't afford anything for most of my life. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm searching my memory. Nope, don't recall them boarded up, barred windows, armed guards to keep the mobs from smashing and grabbing, Lori. So I don't think it's anything the businesses did. Now, we've got a couple of different reports on a couple of different people, including this Rachel Rollins character, who is uh, was just appointed the U.S. attorney for her district by Joe Biden. A couple of things are getting attention lately. Number one, she had a run-in with some TV reporters who wanted to ask her questions, uh, and they, they went to her neighborhood, and, and she took uh, umbrage at that because she didn't want any attention on where she lived, even though it's public record. I do have some sympathy for that. Being a public figure these days is a little scary. There are a lot of nut jobs getting together on the Internet and plotting all sorts of uh, ugliness. But what's really notable about this gal is, uh, number one, her history. But number two, she invoked people's race. Over and over again, she was really big on some white girl, or I see a white man, and she obviously is just brimming with racial hatred. Um, I mean, for instance, uh, give me clip 35 there. I will say, as one of less than 1% of actual people with melanin that are in this role, I really don't have much... um, time for more white men telling me what communities of color need. Yay. And in clip 39, she uh, reacts last year to the riots in the area. And it is completely ironic to have to say to you, please don't be violent. Please keep your voice down. Please be silent and comply with all of the police's requirements when in fact it's those very people that murder us with impunity. The idea that anybody asked anybody to please be silent is absolutely hilarious. The entirety of the media, corporate America, everybody shouted from the highest mountain they could find, 
about racial justice and George Floyd and poured money into the Marxist uh, Black Lives Matter. And everybody was going nuts. Who exactly was saying, please be silent? They were saying, please don't burn down a business I've spent my life building. And that includes a hell of a lot of business owners of color, Rachel. By the way, boy, that's the mark of a liar. That's the mark of a, a fraud artist. When when she goes from, you know, it's the Mott and Bailey thing. She goes from the castle of people are mad. Okay, I get that. Some of it's been whipped up artificially. Some of it not. Uh, to they're asking us not to riot. True. They're asking us, they're telling us to remain silent. Wait, whoa, 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 what? Where did we just get to? What are you talking about? So this woman is a radical activist. Tucker Carlson uh, yesterday was talking about some of her philosophies in terms of criminal justice. Clip 36, Michael. When she was elected DA in Boston, Rollins promised not to enforce the law. She claimed that ignoring the law would somehow make Suffolk County safer. It's not an exaggeration. Rollins announced a list of 15 offenses, at least she was explicit about it, that henceforth she would refuse to prosecute. Those offenses included trespassing, shoplifting, breaking and entering, wanton destruction of property, drug possession with intent to distribute drug dealing, and resisting arrest. Breaking and entering? No longer prosecuted. What do you think that's going to do to your quality of life, my friends? If she is in charge of law enforcement there. And then one more clip from Tucker 38, please. Let's talk about what the results might be or were. How did this all work out in Suffolk County, Massachusetts? Well, last year, murders there were up more than 50%. It turns out it's not just theft that Rachel Rollins has been refusing to prosecute. Violent offenses, too. In one case, chronicled by the ordinarily very sympathetic Boston Globe, quote, a lawyer was attacked while walking her dog in Charlestown and suffered a traumatic brain injury that she's still recovering from more than two years later. Yet Rachel Rollins' prosecutors cut a deal with her attacker that allowed him to avoid prison time. So you beat a woman almost to death and they let you off. Rachel Rollins does. In another case that the Boston Globe reported on, quote, Rachel Rollins' prosecutors shocked a judge by asking for no bail, no time in a case involving a burglary suspect who was caught breaking into buildings with 39 fake credit cards in his pocket. End quote. So you have to ask yourself, why are Rachel Rollins' prosecutors cutting all these deals? Of course, because Rachel Rollins told them to. She believes that violence and theft should be legal as long as the people committing those crimes are the right color. That is absolutely correct. It's shocking. And she was just appointed to a high federal position by Joseph R. Biden. Just absolutely nuts. Then you got a number of stories out of New York City. Formerly an amazing model of a safe, big American city rapidly degenerating did you hear about the burning of the fox news christmas tree the other day it's it's not literally a tree it's it's made up to look like a tree it's it's gigantic um and it's one of several christmas tree burnings that have happened lately last i checked christmas trees are a religious symbol now maybe they're not always a religious symbol uh, maybe, you know, it's just folks who like celebrating Christmas and they don't particularly practice Christianity, but um, there have been quite a, a rash of them around, various protesters and, and, and angry rabble-rousers and crazy people. And it, were it any other religious symbol, even like tangentially related to Judaism, uh, to Islam, whatever, and people were going around burning them down, there would be an enormous outcry in the liberal media, but I haven't heard much at all.
So they found the guy who did it, allegedly. 49-year-old Craig Tamanaha. Well, he so he, he, he committed an act of arson, and, and the uh, monetary value of the arson is, is well into six figures, okay? And they let him go immediately. His charges were not eligible for bail under new liberal reform laws. I didn't do it, he shouted to reporters. Asked about an early morning arson that caused about a half million dollars in damage in midtown Manhattan. The building that houses Fox News, Wall Street Journal, and the New York Post. Half million dollar arson in Manhattan. And they just turn you right right loose. Well, that's because his le- record was clean. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tama Naha, a vagrant with a lengthy rap sheet, who is known to police, went on an incoherent rant outside the courthouse, denied the arson, hurled obscenities at reporters before asking them for a cigarette. The suspect was hit with a slew of misdemeanor charges, including arson, criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, criminal trespass for allegedly setting the 50-foot artificial tree uh, on fire. Assistant DA Matthew Bailey said in arraignment that the uh, suspect was not charged with a bail-eligible offense. By the way, he's crazy. He's a drug, drug addict. He's an arsonist. He beats people. He's, he's a madman. But they just let him go. Tell you what, folks, keep an eye on those district attorney uh, elections, those down-ticket ballot uh, elections that sometimes we kind of gloss over. I think it's time to start paying attention. Armstrong and Getty.